everybody, and welcome to episode 19 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Elbridge, and who are the vampires with me today? Uh, Bloodsucker, Stefan JD. <laughs> uh, Blade Lover, Stuart Hughes. And our special guest? They Victus. <laughs> suffering to the conquered. I'm Julian Titus of the Nerds Without Pants podcast, and I love this game. <laughs> welcome to our dank womb of darkness and decay. <laughs> That was pretty good. Uh, before we get too far, I just want to give a quick shout out. If you guys get a chance, take a listen to uh, Freak Nation podcast. They're a podcast where each week they dive into a different ghost story in a, in a different city and bring you all about that. But this week, Stefan, do you want to introduce what lovely game you made us play? Yes, we're playing Blood Omen Legacy of Cain, which is a action adventure game. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. It's a game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it fa- it's basically, uh, <laughs> okay, so it starts off with uh, Kane. He's a weary nobleman from Coorhagen who just wants some Bud Light. And uh, <laughs> the, the innkeeper, the bard, will not give it to him. So he goes outside and basically gets his ass handed to him by a bunch of guards. And so then you're resurrected as a vampire. And uh, that's about it. Now you want revenge and... <laughs> You just got cast as playing Batman. Your name's Robert Pattinson. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, just... you just, yeah, yeah, you just want revenge after you become a vampire, and you have to go kill these guys called the Circle of Nine, who are corrupt, godlike sorcerers that want to forsake humanity. <laughs> Basically, it boils down to that meme of, uh, "I know you're here, Dracula, you big fucking nerd." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Before we get too far. I just want to say this game came out in 1996 for PlayStation 1, was made by Silicon Knights. Um, I also want to ask, does anyone have any previous memories of this game? I'll go first. I had nothing. I didn't even know this freaking game existed until Stefan picked it for the show. And I'm like, <laughs> and I was looking at it, I'm like, top down game? I'm like, what the hell? I knew nothing. <laughs> no, nothing, Mike Alberton. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I've been this- watching Game of Thrones all day, so there's going to be some references. <laughs> <laughs> so that's fine. Uh, Stuart, did you have any memories of this game? Uh, the only memory I have of the Legacy of Kane series at all is I have, like, I think I still have the Game Informer issue where Soul Reaver, Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver was like the cover. And I always saw the cover of it and I was like, that looks like something I should check out at some point. And then here we are 20 years later and I still haven't looked at it. How <laughs> <laughs> about you, Stefan? You made us play this. Uh, Did you have any memories of it? Uh, at, when I was younger, uh, my friend Jake did have a copy of Soul Reaver, and we played a little bit of that, but <clears throat> we never like finished it or anything. And then later on down the road, I played some of Defiance in high school, but I never finished that one either. <laughs> uh, this is actually the first Legacy of King game that I've actually finished, and this one is uh, was new to me as well. I still know Julian Titus was the only one of us that had played it before. <laughs> yeah, um, back in 1996, there was a little magazine called Die Hard Game Fan, and <laughs> they were known for doing effusive, just hyperbolic um, previews of games, and one of those was for Legacy of Kane, and they always had, like, just page upon page of just, like, screenshots just, you know, blowing you, blowing you away, and uh, just I was just very into it, and so... I, as soon as I could get it, because, you know, back then, like, there weren't really, like, hard release dates for video games. But as soon as I found it on a, on a store shelf, I bought it. And, you know, it was a pretty early PlayStation purchase for me. I think I got my PlayStation in 
No, yeah, in '96. So it was it was a fairly early purchase for me, and um, I loved it. And I, you know, 16 year old Julian was very into everything that this game had to offer. And it turns out that 39 year old Julian is still into pretty much everything this game has to offer, but with the added, you know, I guess criticism of you know certain game design choices that were, you know, I mean. That's what happens in 1996, but when you're evaluating a game that's, you know, like an older game in modern times, like, you can't help but compare it to what's come since, even though it's kind of unfair to do. (laughs) If it was the magazine that would have, like, 20 screenshots per page, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Their layouts were, like, (laughs) looking back, they were disastrous, but, you know, for a teenager who was, like, very into, like, like, extreme and, like, you know, just, like, really cool images and stuff like that. I mean, they gave you what you wanted. Like, it was just like, oh, yeah, I just, this looks so good. And, and yeah, and and their their writing was just, like I said, very hyperbolic. And I remember them literally saying that, like, it was supposed to be, like, a 100-hour game and because the map was so huge. And in their preview, they had barely, like, scratched a, you know, scratched a little uh, bit of it, like, off off of the, uh, the shaded part. And then when I got the game, it turned out to be, like, what, like a 12-hour game? Like, it's very yeah. short. <laughs> yeah, it's not that long. I don't know how somebody was... I saw their guide too. I was looking at. I was watching a video, kind of get the story of this game. The guy's like, "It's a fifty-hour RPG," and I'm like, "It's not an RPG." And where's the fifty hours? Even if you're going for all the secrets, like that's probably just going to add like another like five or six hours to it. Yeah, and there were Mm -hmm. so many secrets in this game too. And they were stupid. Some of them were dumb. Like, there's a lever, there's a secret that opens up something, I guess. But and then there's some that are super arcane, where it's like you flip this switch, and then it opens something way back in the in the very first crypt. Oh God, <laughs> that happened. Oh yeah, that happens. I I didn't know that, but I was looking through a, a guy. Just um, I mean, we'll get into it. But for some strange reason, and I think it's just because you know I've become accustomed to modern game design. Even though I blew through this game on my own with no help back in '96, you know, in 2019, I'm like, what? Where? Where do I go next? And so I was looking at a guide now and then, and I would see they had like the secrets laid out. And yeah, sure enough, one of them says like, oh yeah, now if you flip this. You know, go back to Kane's Crypt and then go to this, you know, this area and then you'll see this new door is open. I'm like, that's too much work. <laughs> I never did any of that. <laughs> it was one of the reasons I had so much. I had a lot of problems with this game. Like, I, I was doing okay for the first. I got through, like, the first four parts of the game. And then I got to Malik's, Malik's, whatever, the Malik's Palace or whatever the hell it was. And there's, and, like, there's no one to heal. No one's there to give you any health. You're not fighting any monsters or any humans. You're just in a place full of traps. And that's when I decide to find that this game has cheat codes that are really nice to use. <laughs> Real simple, but I think they I give a you a lot of bad... technical problems. <laughs> which we <laughs> well, should what... probably mention. Cause I got two, I got about two hours into the game and then the game just like it froze and I couldn't Ooh. unfreeze it. And I all tabbed cause I was playing the PC version. I all tabbed tab back in and it clearly moved like a frame. And I found out <laughs> that I could keep alt tabbing and moving it a frame. <laughs> and so I had to, I had to do that to like, save and exit <laughs> and, that like, terrible. forever and then when i would start the game then like all of a sudden the, like the title menu was freezing and i would have to alt tab to even see like blood omen pop up i was like hmm i need to figure out what's going on here <laughs> and uh as far as i can tell it's just a random problem with some of the pc copies and so <laughs> my game is just unplayable oh man yeah. i uh i would like before we move on i would like to say like how i ended up playing for this this playthrough Mike had told me that it was available on PSN and I was like, cool, that'll be the easiest way to do this. So I went on to PSN, like through the, my desktop and bought the game. I was like, awesome. 
fire up my Vita and then find out that it is not playable on the Vita, even <laughs> though you would think that if you buy, you know, a PS1 classic on PSN, it'll be, yeah. you can play it on the Vita or the PSP, but apparently it's only playable on PSP or PlayStation 3, neither of which were very accessible to me because I've just moved recently. Um, so I was like, well, okay. So, and that's the reason why I didn't get a chance to unfortunately finish it because I was still unpacking stuff, but, um, I'm a bit of a collector guys. And, um, I had recently come into possession of a brand new PlayStation one. Uh, the DualShock edition is like the last version, the last model before they updated to the PS one, the smaller version. Um, and it's literally like a, it was a, a new system. Like I was the first person to like take the tape off of the um, disc drive to open the lid. Oh, wow. um, and so I could think of no better way to play or to like break in this brand new PlayStation one than with <laughs> legacy of Kane. Uh, so, but I, I was just, it was really cool. So it's like the whole time I'm just kind of jazzed because I'm like, this dual shock has never been used before. Like all of these, <laughs> when, all of these button inputs are brand new. Like this is fresh. Just ooh. when you, when you popped in the new gate, when you pop, when you popped in blood omen, were you like, they Victus? Oh yeah, I mean all the time. Like I, I've played through this game so many times that like at the beginning, like I'm always saying there is a magical operation of maximum importance. Like I do the whole thing because I just, <laughs> I, I, I'm a very dramatic person, and like Legacy of Kane again as a 16 year old just very, very much resonated with me, and I was, I was in, in a really hardcore way, and I've, I've actually enjoyed the whole series. Um, I think the only. Like, really bad game is probably Blood Omen 2, but that's more from technical difficulties than necessarily game design. I agree and with that. <laughs> we, may, we may get into the pedigree of, like, the design or, like, the development of it, because I think that's very a very interesting story. But, you know, I don't want to I don't want to steamroll. Like, if we get to it, we do. If we not, it's fine. Oh, no, please do. <laughs> yeah. We probably will. Because I do want to touch on it has a very interesting one thing I, I want before we go much farther, I should mention. So before we started this, I was doing a poll in about five different groups. I'm part of just to kind of get an idea of what people knew of the series and what was the one that everybody knew. Because I I knew there was a Blood Omen one just because I knew there was a Blood Omen two, but mm -hmm. I had no idea what this game was. So I did a, so I did a poll and the number one everyone game that everybody knew from the series was Soul Reaver. Ninety eight people had played it. Yeah, that makes and sense. That, and then uh -huh. next next was Blood, the first Blood Omen, then Soul Reaver two. Defiance and nobody played Blood Omen 2, which I thought was kind of funny since you guys were mentioning that. <laughs> and I've not heard nothing but bad things about well, that game. Uh, fun fact about that is uh, <laughs> Silicon Knights had a battle with um, who was it over the game? Crystal, uh, Crystal Dynamics. Dynamics. Yeah, Crystal yeah. Dynamics. And uh, <laughs> Soul Reaver was actually a completely different game, and they just changed a couple things around to where they could make it fit into the legacy of Kane's story because Crystal <laughs> Dynamics wanted to take it in a completely different direction. They they like Raziel and all that would never have been in the story had they won that legal battle. The it, game was originally called Shifter before it was in pre-production right. when they got the rights. Yeah. Oh interesting. I, I did not actually know that little tidbit. Yeah, I knew yeah. about I knew about the legal battle and I, I found it so interesting at the time because this was the first game where I saw I mean there's a very like overt splash screen before you start this game that says that the story and characters and concept of legacy of king were developed by silicon knight so it's right. like you know they were taking ownership of it like from the jump but i you know obviously i don't know what the deal was with crystal dynamics um at the time um but i always have wondered what the silicon knights sequel to legacy of kane would have been and i love soul reaver and i love soul reaver too 
Um, but I've always wondered, like, what would they have done? Like, would it would have been another Kane story? Would it have been a different character? Like, um, mm-hmm. because because one thing that, about this game is that it has a writ, like, it feels lived in, and it feels like it has a long history. Um, because there's things that they reference that you never really encounter, but it there's backstory to it, and it just feels like a very well thought out world that I like. Even from the get go, it's like I want to know more about everything. I want I want to I want to meet all of these characters and I want to like experience all of this history and I just wonder if they were already laying the groundwork for that or if it was more of just like eh you know we made a world and then here it is I was doing <laughs> some research on it like a little bit trying to figure out what the legal battle was so I can remember it but yeah but I don't you mean I think they were planning on doing like a whole nother a whole nother thing and I and I know like the next project they were working on well when they started this game they had two two ideas to work on it was either this or two human yeah, because Two Human was very early. Like there, there are there are PlayStation One images in an in an issue of EGM that I have where they're talking about Two Human. I remember like reading that preview and I was like, "Oh, this sounds so cool!" And yeah. I had to wait so long to get it. It wasn't cool when it came out. Yeah, it wasn't cool at all. It's fine. I I'm a big Silicon Knights apologist. Like, <laughs> two Human was a game from 2008 that would have been like really really good if it had come out in 2003. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Yeah. It's a game that that I was not sure if I liked it until I finished it, and then I was like, "No, you know what? I'm going to play this again." And then the second time I played, I was like, "Yeah, I I, I dig this," um, <laughs> but it also nice. did not it did not um, deliver on any of the promises that had been made as far as like the story or the no. the player choice and stuff like that. Well, one right. thing I I was reading that I thought was pretty cool, like one of the things that inspired them to write Legacy or make Legacy of Kane was the Wheel of Time uh, books written by oh, Robert Jordan. That I makes sense. Yeah, if I don't know if you're familiar. With, you might be. It sounds like you might be familiar with that wonderful series. I read. I read them all. Yeah, <laughs> same here. That, it's great. For, I, I was just reading that today, and that made me real like, okay, I, I have more appreciation for this game. Yeah, but the real question about, is, uh, yes. did Legacy of Kane inspire Blade? No, because <laughs> Blade Legacy of Kane was '96 <laughs> and Blade was 1998, and both are very edgy vampire stories. Uh, yeah, but Blade was also like much, much older than Legacy of Kane. So when did the Queen of the Dam came out? Because come out because this was the like book, I, the book is a lot older than that yeah but the movie was a pretty big deal i mean it was the 90s like everything was, was edgy like and dark and you know it, that, that's just kind of the the style of the time really yeah has that been like the worst age decade probably <laughs> i don't think so probably. but then again i i still love the 90s because i grew up in i it, think so. I think I blame I partly blame techno because like every edgy movie has techno in it. Blade, Mortal yeah. Kombat. <laughs> techno uh, would have been very at place in the Legacy of Kane game. I feel like. Oh, Queen of <laughs> Dam. Two thousand two, by the way. But this game almost had like a weird anti nineties feel to it, where it was very like classical. Like it almost felt like a like playing an opera or like a play, like, like gothic. Yeah, like it, a very gothic feel to it, and then like I mean, even the dialogue when you're just walking along and there's like the narration going on above you, and it's it, like, it, "I am the last pillar, the only survivor of the Circle of Nine." It's like, am I playing a Shakespeare game? Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because um, one of the things that I've that I loved about all the Legacy of Kane games is Simon Templeman, the voice of Kane, and he is a theater actor. Oh, he is. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, like he is a thespian, and one of one of I. I recommend anybody who's listening to this, like just for fun, go to YouTube and look up the recording sessions from Soul Reaver 2 because there was a, it was like a bonus feature on the disc after you beat the game because they all recorded their dialogue together 
in the same room, which is very rare in video games. And so seeing them all act off of each other is just amazing. And and it's like, okay, yeah, I totally see why (laughs) you are like a classically trained actor and why I love your voice so much because holy crap. (laughs) I had to look it up because the name sounded familiar. He's uh, he's Loghain in Dragon Age Origins. I was so stoked when I heard his voice in Dragon Age Origins. I was like, oh, it's Kane. That makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> I didn't like the voiceover at first, cause, but then it grew on me, because when I, we first started playing this, I texted Steph, and I'm like, this reminds me of RE voice acting. He's like, it's way better. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was no, like, what I are you like talking about? <laughs> I, I, I think what really got me was the Vivictus, and help me, kind sir, help me, kind sir. That that I mean, just the fact like I understand like I guess you know you're a you're a peasant cha- chained to a wall, but if you just saw some guy suck blood from his like from like five feet away from the other guy, it wouldn't be help me kind sir, I'd be like oh my god or something. <laughs> I wouldn't be saying help me. But but <laughs> let's talk about how awesome it is to suck blood from five feet away. It is. <laughs> I, I I mean okay like the combat in this game very... also appeared in Blade. <laughs> <laughs> the combat need in this I game remind is... people. <laughs> it's very like it's a top down. I mean, I didn't like the combat at all. I mean, especially I was uh, I didn't like this game very much, but that's all I think. <laughs> combat for me, like I died a lot. If I like in the beginning, I kept hearing heart of darkness, heart of darkness. I kept getting killed and I'm like, OK, you know, I'm still learning the game. I'm going to get stronger and I got more spells like you get that reflect spell, which I mean, completely makes you you know invincible for that for the time being while you have it. But I just didn't enjoy how slow the combat was, how you it just. Like sometimes your weapons, like if you try to use, you know, didn't feel like I just didn't like the way it felt. It would irritate me. It, it's uh, it's a grown, uh, it's an adult Legend of Zelda from the nineties. Yeah. Um, like it, you know, it's it's you know, press square, you know, square, square, square. Um, the the thing is, is that sometimes it's hard to line up your attacks because like, but you can also use that to your advantage as far as like you can avoid taking all damage because Kane's sword arcs very nicely and sometimes the enemy's attacks don't. So they'll completely whiff you while you're actually just like wreaking havoc on them. Um, I think probably the biggest thing looking like now that I'm playing it, you know, today is I had forgotten how terrible the slowdown is when there's a lot of stuff going on on the screen. And that's <laughs> yeah, seriously impacts that. like how effectively you can play the game. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I that, think like because like I said, I had a lot of technical issues playing this game. And I kept thinking while playing, I was like, would this Exi- would this be able to exist as a remaster today if they like completely redid it? Oh, I, I, I was, so. I was, I was, I was, I was playing it thinking, oh, I, I want this to be like just like redone. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not, not necessarily like from the ground up, like polygonal graphics and everything like that. Just you know, optimized. You know, right. make it, make it run well, make it run faster. Um, cut the load times out, which. You know, it's legend. It's it's notorious for how bad the load times are. It it wasn't as bad for me this time because in my mind I built it up to be even worse over time. <laughs> so like I was like, oh, this actually isn't as bad as I remembered it. Anti <laughs> oh, nostalgia. They're bad. They're I mean, bad. Oh, they're yeah. It. Make no mistake, especially if you need to go to menus. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone if anyone wants to play this game, just imagine that whenever you enter and leave a room, you have to wait at least five to six seconds for it to load. So imagine going through a town. And going in like eight different buildings, I mean that's like forty, almost a minute. You know, you're just wasting just going in and out of places. So I mean, it, <laughs> the loading can get pretty bad in it's some just places. Enough time to look at your phone, but not enough time to actually check anything on your phone. <laughs> right. <laughs> it didn't bother me. It was the part when you got to press start to go in a menu to change a piece of equipment or yes. change a spell. That's what would irritate me, and mm-hmm. I'd be like, "Oh, come on now." 
Well, yeah, one of the bad things about uh, some of the weapons in this game, especially the pickaxes, which you have to use in the forest to chop down trees, is when when you have the pickaxes equipped, you cannot use any magic whatsoever. <laughs> it's right. very bad. And, and also, you end up doing that work, like that spinning move. And if you don't, if you're not careful, you'll actually kill a dude before you can take his blood. Um, yep. So that right. can get really annoying. So I, I found myself because actually going back to the original sword. <laughs> <laughs> Which doesn't make sense. But <laughs> once they're dead, the blood's bad. The second they die. <laughs> All right. So we I should. Even... Well, I should also explain that kind of what the setup here is that it's kind of a lot like Diablo, and you start out in Kane's crypt after you come back as a vampire and you just have no idea of what you're supposed to do or where you're supposed to go. Kind of. I mean, the, the voiceover kind of narrates a little bit of the story to you, but basically you, you don't know what you're doing. And the first thing you do is leave and you run into the pillars of Nazgoth. And those kind of set you up for the story, which is basically that they are corrupted and you have to uncorrupt them by uh, killing the circle of nine, I believe. Right. Yes. Yeah. And you have and each of them, you have to return like a piece of them or something like a middle finger or something. And something like that, usually I didn't yeah, even know. Like a helmet and 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 uncorrupt corrupt the pillars. So basically you you go around like Legend of Zelda style from dungeon to dungeon, getting all the stuff you need to uncorrupt it. I, I mean, I didn't the dungeon files are kind of cool. I mean, they're full of traps and. At first, I thought it was cool, but then when I it didn't take long before when I was doing Malik's when I was getting just irritated because there was no health, and that's when I that's when I started using cheat codes. <laughs> I just said <laughs> screw it, and I enjoyed the game. Like to me, it didn't feel like I was cheating. It felt like a feature of the game because I if this game had RPG elements where I could level up, if it had a money system where I could buy more items, Heart of Darkness, or buy some more healing items, I would have really liked this game. But because it didn't have that, it made me it it didn't like things about it. i mean i watched videos of people playing it i was playing it wrong like i see that now 100 but <laughs> the game didn't well one as anyone listening to the show knows i don't usually have a lot of volume on when i play a game so i i had it up but i could never like i wouldn't hear everything he was saying other than hey, Victus, i wouldn't hear oh, this armor does this or i wouldn't I, I missed all that so i missed so many things in this game i didn't realize till after i beat it and i was looking up stuff for the show Anything yeah i that i problem? I was listening to your stalker episode where you said that you usually have the volume turned down on your games <laughs> yeah. and, and it, it vexed me greatly. And, <laughs> um, because, I, because audio is so important to me, especially in a game like this, where the voice acting is so good. And also the fact that he's narrating, uh, the, the game for you, like he's letting you know, like what he's seeing. Mm. Um, and it's, it's a very unique perspective because most games it's, it's done in the present. And this is actually, he's like telling you the story after the fact. Um, there were no so subtitles. Cool. I was thinking no about subtitles. it while playing because I've, I've had play. Uh, I played Rise of the Tomb Raider not too long ago. Crystal Dynamics also did Rise of the Tomb Raider, and I was thinking, how funny would it be if Laura Croft did like the Kane narration while she was doing something? <laughs> I just love that in every game now. <laughs> I opened the salvage crate and take out the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that remind me of those top-down Laura Croft games. Those are pretty good, by the way. They were. I missed those. Crystal Dynamics, get your shit together. Stop making uh, Marvel games or whatever you're doing now. I did like the whole dungeon setup in this game. I, I know the first dungeon you go into was no no raptor or something. I don't even remember. I just raptor. think you take his head when you kill him or something. Uh, Noop raptor, the mentalist. Oh, you see, that? Mm -hmm. I missed that because when he was talking, I was, well, I played a lot of this game when my wife was sleeping. So I didn't have the volume up loud. 
but she yeah in this game loves to go hey victus or you know something <laughs> loud so i had the volume very low i miss so much yeah this uh, game has some names <laughs> like they're all they're, they're a lot of them from like norse mythology right i want to say uh, i don't know i mean anybody they, an they, expert in Norse mythology here <laughs> <laughs> they felt very old i mean old and i mean i know that they also were inspired by shakespeare when they when they made this game which again you know you can feel it all the way through it yeah it's and then like they're, a they're, weird background to the game that just kind of it's it sets it apart it's not like it not every like it's not like oh we're fighting dracula from transylvania it's we're fighting nosgoth and newfractor yeah, and, and there's a bit version. of a German aspect to it, too. Like, a lot of the town names feel very German-like. I don't think <laughs> about that, but Corhagen, uh, as... I should know, there's, like, Azrael or something? No, there's, like, there's like um, Stenchencrow, which is one of my favorite ones. Um, and then, like, Nocturne, I think, is another one. Yeah. Zegistro or something? Yeah, I see what you mean, though. They do feel very German. I'm just pulling up everything right now. Yeah. One of the words you get is... Um... One of, the, one of the words, one of the, the weapons you get is the Flamberge, which is German. That's a, a German sword that's like Kirby because it's supposed to uh, represent flames. What was the Flamberge? Was that the flame sword? Yes, flame sword. Oh, okay. I, I love that sword. That was the only weapon I really used once I got it the rest of the game. I got, I didn't care. I just, that sword was everything to me. I don't I didn't know what it. their purpose is in real life, but they do exist. <laughs> Flamberge. I feel like, I feel like the flame sword and the chaos armor were like, the best weapon and armor you could wear in the game. If you don't mind not feeding on people. <laughs> yeah, well, I had uh, uh, up, down, right, left, square circle for that. So the, okay. Yeah, the flesh the flesh armor I didn't put on because there's some ghouls in the game where if you suck their blood, you can get poisoned by them. Yes. So, so I was like, I'm not going to wear that because I don't so, want to keep curing myself. So I was that's why I kept getting poisoned. <laughs> Before I played the game, I was like reading up on it a little bit, and it was like you can uh, wear different suits of armor. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like the suits available are iron, bone, flesh, chaos. And I was like, well, that's gone off the rails real fast. <laughs> Let's go back to iron. I know no, what iron is. What is chaos made? I think you're only supposed to wear like a couple different armors. I because what I was reading later on, like people were saying that the chaos armor, like the chaos armor, was the one that you want to use, not the wraith or all the other stuff you get later on. You just stick with one of the earlier one because it's better or something. That, that's what I was. Uh, that's what I was getting at. Is that the combination of the reflect spell and the chaos armor makes you basically invincible because you're not taking any hits, and as they hit you, they they are hurting themselves. So you can basically just walk through an area and feed as you need. Or if you're fighting monsters, like they will just take themselves out, and all you have to do is re up the uh, reflect spell as needed. Um, right. So it. And I think that maybe the difficulty of the game was done because they realized that they gave you a spell that made you basically like untouchable. Invincible. Yeah. <laughs> um, and with the only, with the only drawback being that eventually you're going to run out of magic, but it also regenerates over time. Uh, so I don't know. Like, I, like I'm, I think that it kind of breaks the game, but also in kind of a fun way. Like, um, cause I did run into a part, Mike, where, like I, I was, I was flushed with Hearts of Darkness, and then all of a sudden, right around the time of in Malik's Tower, <laughs> I, I went through all of them. But it's also because I had, I had forgotten about that combo, and also because there wasn't anybody to feed on in that, in that area. Yeah, that's um, what really got me upset. Yeah, but, but then, but now, then, like as going when I was going through Avernus, like I went in there with like almost no health and no Hearts of Darkness, and then. I just beat it before we started recording and I had like 
a full blood blood vial and like i was just like tip tip top and just fine and, and it's because like i just used that combination and anybody who came up to me they'd hit me and then go into the stagger state and then i would feed on them until i was like you know topped off again uh, i can't explain why the pillars of nazgoth are tied to the world <laughs> at all because um, I, like like i said i only started the game and right at the beginning i mean this game starts with like a tutorial room essentially that explains everything so I didn't realize that. <laughs> so well, it's like all the narration that. where it's all like, oh, this will help me do this and this will help me do this. And it's just it's it's so much information. And I was like, oh, God, I'm not going to be able to remember all that crap. <laughs> yeah, um, if I remember correctly, isn't it because the pillars are kind of like the, the the circle of nine are like the overseers of civilization. And now that they're corrupt uh, and you have to like uncorrupt them is so that they can be replaced by new ones that the pillars choose. Okay. Right. I because think that's right. Like yeah. the pillars each represent like an aspect of nature or, okay. or of the world, basically. And you have these people who are tied to the pillars that oversee them. And what you learn, you know, in I mean, you see it in the opening cutscene, but you don't learn until later that Ariel, who represents the pillar of balance, who holds everything together, is murdered in cold blood. And her husband, Napraptor, who is a um, like psychic, goes completely mad. And then that madness basically gets leaked into all of the other people who represent the pillars, and that's how all of them get corrupted. Okay. So, so they can't be reset basically until each of those people are dead, and then their connection to the pillar is severed, and then you can basically reforge the pillars. Okay. I just thought it was really funny because the beginning of the game, like I say, it gives you such a like a dump of important information and then you talk about the pillars and it's like and these are the pillars of Nazgap and nobody knows what the hell they do it's like what the hell what <laughs> I just got told everything about everything well and, and like it also it fills stuff in later because you know that first cutscene you get to see more of it um, mm -hmm. as you go because there's a part where Vorador is like tells you his part of the story and so you see more of what happened there and then if memory serves correctly you eventually find out who actually killed Ariel um and yep. if the story, if I'm remembering correctly, also, you also find out that Kane was purposefully assassinated in order to become the pawn of Mortanius, who wanted to basically clear out the pillars for himself. Okay. Um, that's kind of what I remember. Like, again, I haven't I haven't beaten it since like 1998. <laughs> <laughs> you're, I think you're you're spot on from what I was watching a couple of videos that that's about what they were saying. One thing I thought was so funny is that he traded in to become a vampire just to get revenge on some bandits. I'd be like, yeah. why? Like, that just, to me, just felt so... Oh, they were assassins, Mike. He says the word assassins, like, five times. I thought they were bandits. Was, like, as they, you can see, I, just some guys I who attack that. you, and you're like, oh, these assassins sent to kill me. And, and also, like, he didn't who? know that he was, going to be, he was going to become a vampire. He was just told that he would get a chance for revenge. Yeah. Oh, okay. um, that's kind of the, the, the crux that he says, like a fool, I jumped at his offer without considering the cost. I also like uh, you kill the assassins really, really fast. And you're yeah, like, yeah. well, that's the end of the game. <laughs> and then the voiceover comes <laughs> on. It's like, no, Kane. <laughs> I could have been okay with <laughs> you that. You thought that was the end, idiot? <laughs> who sent them? Oh, another fantastic voice actor who plays Mortanius is Tony Jay, who is the voice of Judge Claude Frollo in the Disney Hunchback of Notre Dame movie. Nice. And I just, I could just listen to him. Well, he's dead now, but I could have listened to him read the phone <laughs> book. Nice. Like, holy crap. It's an amazing voice. I retract my nice. <laughs> I still think it's just funny that it, I mean, partly because, again, I couldn't hear and I had no subtitles. But like, I guess, I mean, like, in the early cutscene, you see that vampire killing everybody. God, what was his name? Vorador. Vorador. Yeah. 
And I had no idea what the hell was going on. I was so confused. Like, I thought he was the one that made Malik, you know, become just a suit of armor. It wasn't until later on I realized, oh, it's the necromancer from the beginning. Yeah. I had no idea what the hell was going on in this game, really. Most of most of the game, I was confused. But, like, that vampire was, I mean, I didn't mind when you go to his mansion later on. He was kind of, like, that was kind of a cool part because you had bodies everywhere to feed on, which was really nice. <laughs> yeah, and, and human enemies. So, for the most part, you were, you were fine. Which they I like bodies everywhere, which was nice. It was. <laughs> you know, one thing, legacy of Kane in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> one thing we hadn't mentioned yet, like if we start talking about, you go most of the town. Most of the towns are pretty normal. When you get to Corhagen, the town that you're from, I mean, there's bodies just piled up everywhere. I mean, for you know, 2019, the graphics didn't look gory at all, really. But for you know, 1997, that must have been some kind of sight, seeing all these bodies laying there. Oh yeah, I mean, ju- just everything about the game was very adult, like like. You know, I was technically not supposed to be playing this game <laughs> like when when I bought it, and it, it felt that way. Like it felt like, ooh, I cannot let my parents see this. This is. I mean, you brought this... up Legend of Zelda. <laughs> this game does feel like like the anti Legend of Zelda. <laughs> yeah, and and I think that was kind of the the idea was you know take take that formula of Legend of Zelda, but then you know make it quote unquote mature and adult and mm dark and uh you know and there's some real fun stuff in there like the mind control spell i think you get to do some really neat stuff with that like a lot of the spells are just very inventive and unique and some of the items and holy crap oh guys like did you ever go into the menu and just listen to his um descriptions of the items (laughs) i I listened to a lot of what he said because it was really funny and so it was so odd and funny to me I really really enjoyed any narration in this game (laughs) yeah it's really good and the the detail like the flay about stripping, uh, like char, like blood-stained flesh from uh, charred bones or something like that. Like it's very ev- evocative. It's like, oh, I'm really, I'm really fucking these guys up when I'm using these <laughs> items, aren't I? <laughs> the plays are really good. I only used them a few times because I like in many or any game like this where I can't refill an item. Mm. I get it makes me upset so that I don't use the item at all because that's mm. kind of how I play <laughs> the games. So I don't use any. I would just. Only use something like spells. I would. I tried. I only used the flays. I never really use any of the other items it gives you. I just hoarded them instead. Oh, that's how oh. I play. Implode and Penalich of Terror, your friends, Mike. I, I know I missed out because I was watching videos and stuff, and I'm like, oh, that would have made this game probably a little easier. But because this, yeah, because the sword, freaking, I don't like the sword. I did the same thing <laughs> because, as I'm sure listeners have noticed, I also like to take. Anytime we play an RPG, I do this where I will find one item in the game and I'll find a way to not have to use it so I can sell it. <laughs> So, like, and we played Golden Sun, and I didn't use any of the healing items whatsoever, which is why I ended the game with, like, $200,000. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can just heal myself. I don't need this potion crap. And so, yeah. any yeah, this game gave us, like, any any item that was, like, usable and not renewable. I was like, I'm never going to touch that. <laughs> I have that problem. I just can't trust myself I'm, to use it. <laughs> I just kept saving stuff. I used Flays a few times when I was trying to kill some of those uh, demons with the homing homing shots. And they would right. just murder me. Uh, <laughs> this is probably Malik's dungeon when I had used them a few times to get through a couple doors. Like and we were saying earlier with the spells, like the reflect spell, you can just put that on and run right through a do- run right through a dungeon pretty pretty easily, and not have to do much. Which was yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there was uh, one part a little bit after when you go to Dark Eden, which that place was freaking cool. When you're in the lava and you got this dungeon that's like sitting in the lava. I mean that that place was that place was really cool. I liked uh, Kane's, Kane's description of that, where he says like something like 
it, the tower looked like singular and small on the outside, but as I entered, like it was this huge, massive place, like that was hidden by spells. I forget yeah, exactly it, what he says. <laughs> it's it, like again, it's just really great world building and the way that he describes things to you. It you know because you get to see stuff visually, but then his narration takes you the rest of the way and it really like paints this picture for you. And so, even though it's this you know mid nineties pre rendered overhead game it's not super detailed like it feels more detailed than other games of the of the era to me at least the the (laughs) fmvs in this game actually are really impressive like they Mm. kick resident evil's ass they kick Mm -hmm. like a lot of games ass like metal gear doesn't have any fmvs at all i don't think and like this game has like 25 minutes worth or something crazy like that for the time yeah, when a cutscene comes on, you're like, "Oh, we're doing it." This is <laughs> yeah. And there's like actual there's actual narration. Some, uh, yeah. some income out of this one. It was a cool game. I mean, much as I was not like a big fan of it, it was a cool experience. I will say that. I I definitely will say that. I did. I definitely did have some enjoyment with this game. I think this game would pair really well with like Bayonetta. I don't know if anyone gets what I mean there, where this game is so kind of, it is funny, but it also has like this very serious tone to it. I would love to play this game and Bayonetta back to back because they both <laughs> have very like Shakespearean dialogue. You can play Legacy of Kane Defiance where it plays like Bayonetta um, <laughs> because, because that game reunites Kane and Raziel as playable characters, and the parts with Kane basically play like a Devil May Cry game. <laughs> That's so. true. Playing that, putting that on the list. <laughs> yeah, really, we will definitely be doing Soul Reaver. I want to go through the whole series at some point. Favorite... <laughs> I need to play more of this. I saw oh. a line in the game that was amazing where it was um, like, I uh, get, is it Mobius who can see the future? Yes. Where he's like, I have seen your destiny. The future says you die. And Kane just says, but I am dead. <laughs> As are you. <laughs> he's right. <laughs> oh, but with Darky oh. at that part. Doesn't he like slice off his head? I think so. Oh, this game is there's so much going on. Like this game, it feels like Shakespeare mixed with like <laughs> weirdly, it feels like Game of Thrones. <laughs> I want to say Mobius either survives or if Kane does kill him, it doesn't stick because Mobius is definitely in the Soul Reaver game. <laughs> doesn't stick. Um, he does yeah. die in the end. He does kill Mobius because you kill Didn't everybody. I, kill I got better. <laughs> but he well, has time travel, so. Yeah, he's matter. like Loki. <laughs> so it might be younger Mobius in the future. Maybe. Well, I want to say Mobius was the one that you kill right before the end, and then you get a time traveling item from him. But he was also because he was also the Oracle, if I'm remembering correctly, who tells you to go do stuff. Yeah, he right. is the Oracle. Okay. He's tricking and you the whole time. We should we should also remember that this story has paradoxes on top of paradoxes. Like <laughs> it's not a straightforward story at all. Yeah. No. Like, then there's no end. I you thought you were getting into those. a Shakespearean tale of vampires for simplicity. Guess again, nerd. Kane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was. Uh, but oh, we were saying Dark Eden. So when I went into Dark Eden first, I didn't notice you could go right down the door to your right or somewhere right in that place. And I went and walked away for like a good hour running around and into the swamp and going somewhere where I didn't need to go. And it wasn't until later I realized that there's a door in Dark Eden I was supposed to go into. I went way out of my way before I figured that out. I don't remember exactly what was over there, but I know I went way, way the wrong direction. You can get there lost were, in this game. 
there were a couple times where where I ended up losing my way. Where that again, that didn't happen to me in '96, but I think it was just a different time. And I also, so I'm playing this on like you know a PlayStation One with like original AV cables on an HD TV. So I'm not getting the best picture out of this. No, and but there were definitely parts where like I got a, I got stuck in one part, and I looked up the walkthrough and said, "Oh yeah, just leave this area." And I'm like, what do you mean leave this area? There's nowhere There's nowhere for me to leave. And then I realized that there was like a doorway to the south that I could not see. And I was like, son of a bitch. Like I was, I, I went through this cave like five times and then re- I just had to walk through a door that I couldn't see. It's, <laughs> yeah, this game, I mean, because like, another thing we hadn't mentioned yet is you can zoom in or zoom out of the screen. I mm-hmm. mostly zoomed out, but I thought, I mean, because I thought that was kind of cool, but there's so many doorways you'll miss. I mean, mm-hmm. I missed a bunch, and every time I had to read a guy, I'd be like, oh, go south or go west, and oh, this game was, was confusing a lot of times for me. I'm just not used to the style. Well, and also, I didn't realize, because there's there's certain points, like little vista points, where it'll show like a rendered image of the next place you're going, and then for some reason, this time around, it didn't click that it meant that I could fly there in bat form once I had seen that vista. Um, and so definitely like when I was trying to get to Malik's keep, I was like, I didn't know what to do. And then it turned out, oh, I just had to fly there. Uh, once I had seen the place that I needed to go to, but I didn't know what to do. I, I was completely stuck for a while. And I, I don't know, I, I guess my, my mentality back in 96 was much different than it is now. I'm, I expect things to be a little bit more laid out for me. Well, we're uh, used to today. quality of life things that this game doesn't yes. have any of those. <laughs> That was a big part of it. I mean, this game, you know, it's something from 97 and it plays like something from 97 and so many things that we take for that we expect now in games that weren't around at this time that doesn't do it doesn't like with the vistas for me where I couldn't hear I wouldn't it took me a while I wouldn't have realized it wasn't for the guy that oh once you see the vista you can go there like it because yes. I didn't know what the hell was happening half the time <laughs> really do not play this game without sound because you will you will miss out on things. Don't play any games without sound. I'm just going to make a blanket statement. <laughs> play Tetris without is, sound. Is I love Chrono Trigger. I love Final Fantasy VI. I will turn up that music as loud as it can go and just listen to it. But it's something where I'm not as from, like a game that's not from a certain part of my past. I don't play with. I play with quiet volume all the time. It's weird. I don't know why. I just don't. Most of the time, the only games where I have to have sound are like battle royale games or something where I'm just I'm constantly freaking out about shots in the distance <laughs> otherwise i'll usually turn the sound off oh no I play. Oh, oh my you're hurting my soul <laughs> uh, well, I, almost, uh, I will turn it off but i will usually have the sound down and i'll be watching something on my phone as well or killing me <laughs> oh another thing that we had mentioned yet was did any of you any of the full moon dungeons yes run into yeah uh, no. i didn't do any <laughs> i just I thought it like wait. The cool thing is that there's, like, a lot of really arcane stuff in this game, again, with, like, the secrets and stuff like that, and it doesn't lay it out for you. Like, um, I had forgotten about the full moon doors, um, but it's really cool because, like, when you walk into an area where there is one and it's the full moon, you hear a door click open, and you're like, what is that? And then if you click (laughs) on the map, it's like, oh, there's an open cave that wasn't before, and then you can go to it. Um, But but it's just, like, there's all these weird little secrets, like the... um, you know, like the blood fountains that enhance your strength or your magic that you just find randomly. Or you have, like, the spirit forges where you sacrifice a bunch of blood for a whole bunch of items. Like, there's just a lot of, like, weird, neat stuff in this game. Like, um, yeah, I, like Avernus Cathedral. Like, there's a whole basement part where I ended up, like, it was like a hidden door. I ended up finding, like, I think, like, 20 
hearts of darkness and a whole bunch of flays and tons of <laughs> items. And I was, and I literally just like walked in between, uh, two rooms. It, it was like this, like, I don't know. It, it, there's just some neat stuff in there, but it's also like very obscure and there's no way you would find all of it without a guide. And I don't know how anybody ever did it on their own. <laughs> the game fan ever do, uh, ever do walkthroughs. <laughs> Uh, not in the magazine. I think they had like separate, um, like strat guides that they would come out with. <laughs> it's, just, it's just three screenshots and then a description of what you have to do. It's like a, a switch from three different angles. And it's like number one, flip the switch. Yeah, <laughs> the guides are pretty good for this game. I, mean, I would not have gotten any. I would not have gotten through this game without a guide. And now, like you were saying about the cathedral, that cathedral was one messed up. Like that, that was one messed up place. Just going through that town and everyone trying to kill you, and then you fight the big like red and blue diablo looking demons oh man mm -hmm. that was <laughs> that was not that was not and all the teleporters in the actual cathedral taking you all all over the place back and forth and hitting a switch just to get a little deeper into the cathedral like it's a cool dungeon design but it's also kind of repetitive and a real endurance run but also like it loads you up like you end up like leaving that dungeon with the soul reaver the wraith armor and like a whole bunch of blood vials that increase your your health bar and your magic bar and it like i just left there and i was like oh they're really ushering me towards the end of the game in like a really fast way here <laughs> so are you River. supposed to be are you supposed to be going through heaven and hell when you're in the cathedral or is that just kind of like the setting like is that real heaven and hell or that's just what every cathedral looks like then <laughs> yeah. I, I see yeah my my feel the way that i was looking at it was that when you're teleporting up to where it looks like the clouds i feel like you're in the upper levels of the cathedral and that's just the decor mm -hmm. but in, in the bottom area that's like oh these guys have been doing some dark shit like in the basement of this cathedral <laughs> and this is not like the, the people in the town don't know that this is here oh okay which makes sense. I mean, the whole world, that's one thing about this game, that the whole world is just screwed up. Like, it's a, it's a very bad and sad and terrible place that they're living in. Even before you're going around killing everybody, it's a bad, yeah. it's not a nice place. It's a world in ruin, <laughs> essentially, type of thing. Any world where, like, the, like, the strongest people are called something the something, it's usually a pretty bad place. <laughs> Bane the Druid, Dejul the Energist, <laughs> Azimuth the uh, Planner, Planner. <laughs> Oh, I think it's planer because he's like a time jumper or something. The cathedral yeah. is the one that had the dual boss fight with that bastard that kept making that kept uh, making the floor in the water. Right? Was that was that what I'm thinking of? No, that was Dark Eden. Oh, okay. I hated that <laughs> fight, by the way. <laughs> hated it. I just didn't like because I mean, in this game, water hurts you because you know you're a vampire. But and I, he just kept he's walking around. He's putting water down on the floor and making it, you know, giving you less land. I know you're supposed to transform into the mist and run around as the mist. I didn't do that. I just ran, hit him, and then typed in the health code real quick and then hit him some more. <laughs> I just, hated uh, it so much, though. How does this cathedral rank in your uh, video game cathedrals? <laughs> I'd say the no cathedral of Resident Evil Four is probably up there for me. <laughs> it, it's a it's a pretty intense cathedral. I mean, if you look at like when you're in the town of Avernus before you get to it and you look at it on the map, it's ginormous. It's like mm. bigger than the town. <laughs> I always like when cathedrals show up in games because they're always so over the top and yes. stylized. And this is uh, this game definitely pushed it to the extreme as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this game is over the top and stylized, like just mm. from, from point, like from the beginning to the very end. It's, <laughs> it's very, it's very drama. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. The cathedral's probably like, it'd be like putting like the Chrysler building next to a townhome. Right. <laughs> it's just huge. You gotta go all the way up it. It's just such a pain. 
Oh, what did you guys think of the boss fights? I wasn't a fan of them, but I'm curious what you guys thought. Uh, they're too easy. I would I agree with that. <laughs> they didn't I stand out as different enough for me to really enjoy them all that much. Well, I mean, like serviceable. Yeah. Um, I think probably the best one is the first one with Nutraptor because he's actually doing something that you have to like mitigate because he's throwing these like balls of energy oh, yeah. at you. But there's one in in the pattern that will disappear, and so you're having to like time your 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 movement through it to get to him to hit him. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, yeah, they're really easy. Like Mortanius um, is like one of maybe the easiest final boss I've ever seen because again, I just put on my my reflect spell and then pulled out the Soul Reaver. Slash 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 slash. Done. <laughs> it was a real easy fight. I did think it was cool, though, when he goes from being just a normal guy in terms of that big black demon and just tries trying to kill you. I did like that. That, yes. that made me happy for some reason. Uh, I, I would equate them to, like, the first three boss battles in Osarina time. Like, they're they're classic, but, like, you've, you know what you're doing. You know what you need to do. It's not hard at all. Mm-hmm. It's They're just easy like that. Like, the first three bosses of Osarina. This is going to be a fight, Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> I like the first few boss Ocarina time a lot. Oh, oh yeah, Ocarina. <laughs> yeah, I knew too. it. I knew somebody was gonna try and correct me. <laughs> we had I to don't you care either way. Yeah, I can't wait I to play Majora's Mask. <laughs> <laughs> we can't have we can't have incorrect things in this podcast. I mean we have nothing but facts every every episode. Like enough Zelda. Let's do it. <laughs> Ages um, of Aracle. <laughs> you're hurting me Stephen. uh as we mentioned a little bit earlier i wanted to go back hey no you know what you guys don't play with the sound on you shut up well, I, don't. <laughs> I don't i don't <laughs> just me i do for ocarina Same. look well, if your no. game has an ocarina in it i will play with the sound on all right that's the all that's right, the rub i can guarantee you when we play majora's mask i will not have the sound up <laughs> you okay. only play with the sound on in halo 17 put an ocarina in the game <laughs> as we mentioned earlier we kind of started talking about uh, he had mentioned uh, julian mentioned the blood forges i didn't even like i sacrificed blood but i never got any item because i didn't want to give him more than one section of the vial and then i was like okay i'm done bye i don't want to give him too much blood <laughs> oh no it, it, it's a binary thing it, it's either a yes or no thing so if you gave the blood you got the items it's just it doesn't communicate very well. Uh, like you have, you just, have to look in your inventory, and you'll see, oh, I got uh, 15 extra mm-hmm. of whatever this item in this dungeon was. Is there a Heart of Darkness Blood Forge somewhere in this game? I, I'm i pretty sure. I think there's a there's a Spirit Forge for every one of the oh. items. Um, I didn't well, that, find the Heart of Darkness one, though. I didn't either, but I also didn't look. Because certain parts in the guide would say, hey, go get this spell. And I'd be like, that's nice. I would just keep <laughs> going. Because I got to a point where I was like, I'm, I want to be done this game, I just want to finish it. It wasn't that I wasn't enjoying it, it was just that the, the recording was getting closer, and I'm like, I need to get through with this game, and it wasn't, yeah. that was unfortunately part of it. Another thing that we had kind of mentioned a little bit were the blood forges, where you get powered up. I think I must have missed the one that refills your MP. I mean, not refills it, but makes it reg- uh, region a lot faster, because I didn't, it was very slow for me. Mm. There's, there's three of those, and there's three of the strength ones. The strength ones... I don't think you can beat the game without getting because no, I got I got all the strength ones for sure. Yeah. I think I missed all the magic ones though. I really thought because I saw I was reading something and it said blood fountains, and I in my mind I thought of the blood fountains from like Elder Scrolls Oblivion, where you're going into um into the Oblivion gates and you find the little blood fonts that heal you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's gonna be like that thing. I wasn't expecting 
giant mechanical like <laughs> oil pump that is serviced for blood. Like who who operates the? I have so many questions about this game. Who is operating the blood fountains? Is there a maintenance team that works for the vampires that comes in and like services the blood fountain? Like they need to. Oh, we gotta we gotta empty all the blood so we can. This will fill up over the week. Well, and, putting and the, the other. In? The other thing is like when you when you drink from the blood fountain, all the blood turns black and it's like, so is this just a one and done situation? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, because there's times when I was like full. So I just would drink the blood to get the enhancement. But it's like, that seems like a waste. <laughs> Maybe that's why, like, they have maintenance teams come out once a week and they empty out the black blood so that more blood go. can go back in. <laughs> yeah, but it's a one time be... use water well. <laughs> red other... dialysis machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> were there other like there weren't that many other vampires? I feel like there weren't that many vampires in this world other than New Raptor, not New Raptor, uh, God Vorador and you, right? I mean, pretty much, right? Like, because, yeah. because that's part of the story is is that at the beginning of the game, Vorador is basically taking revenge for the vampire purge. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so like because that's what you see at the very like the, one of the very first shots you see is a whole bunch of vampires being impaled on stakes, mm-hmm. um, and that that's part of the Seraphin, you know, led by Malak. Um, basically purging the vampires. So Vorador, you know, goes to confront Malak. And then, you know, when you meet Vorador, he says, like, since then, our kind has not really meddled in their affairs. Like, we've kind of gone underground because there aren't that many of us left. Okay. Weren't you paying attention in the claymation cutscene at the beginning of the game? <laughs> yeah, no, I couldn't. I mean, I, this again, like, I don't, if a game doesn't have subtitles, like, there's a game called Singularity that I've wanted to play for years. Does not have subtitles. I have never put it in my PS3. I own two copies of it, but I will not play it because there's no subtitles. <laughs> well, just, and, and again, to be fair, like it's a game that you know, if you go back and play it after having experienced the story, you get more out of it. And so I'm speaking to someone who is very well versed in the story because I played it so many damn times, you know, as a teenager. Um, so this is not this is this is not like information that I felt that I had after the first playthrough by any means. Which yeah, subtitles for this game would take up the whole screen. I'd be okay with that though, because at least then I could read. Because like I missed out on how the arm, a lot of the armors work. Like I thought, like, oh, I got a new armor, must be better. So I'd equip it, not realizing like, no, it's not better. Like some of them, they each have a different effect. Like the flesh armor we talked about earlier, I kept getting poisoned near the end. I'm like, oh, they must be hitting me with poison. So I was sucking their blood by accident and getting poisoned. I didn't realize it. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't hear. I didn't hear any of his explanation. And like, if you miss the explanation, I feel like you don't get it again. You get it one time. And that's it. I don't oh no! If if you if you go into your inventory and click on any of the items, um, and oh. you, you can you can get the the, the uh, description again. And that's why I said that's what I meant is that like even for certain items that he didn't that I didn't pick up and get that narration because I just already had them on hand. I would just go in and listen to them because like oh I just want to hear Simon Templeman some more. <laughs> it's like the he wasn't really good. The vampire world. <laughs> He wasn't. I mean, it was good voiceovers. Like, I, I, I did feel a little bad when I told Stefan at first. I'm like, I mean, this reminds me of RE, Resident Evil. Like, you're a Jill sandwich. But it, it was actually really good. Like, it wasn't mm. cheesy. He did a very good job. I didn't like the whole Shakespearean thing, but that's because I just, I guess I just don't like Shakespearean. <laughs> but it worked and it was good. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed it because it's, it was like, I don't want to say like it was somehow above the normal level of writing but it was just it was so like fleshed out like oh, they, I, they took their time writing this dialogue which i was really really impressed by yeah and for 96 i think it's it's above and beyond a lot of the stuff i mean i'm, I'm replaying final fantasy 7 right now on the xbox one and i'm like this translation is horrible <laughs> <laughs> 
that's a game I have not touched in so long. God. Well, the um, isn't the remake coming out soon? Yeah, yeah sure. Uh huh. Yeah, soon. Yeah, I'm told by everybody. Well, there's the the remake's going to be broken into probably like three or four parts. It sounds like so. Yes, we're going to yeah. get a part of it, but we're well, not. Yeah. It's not going to be the whole game. It'll be. I think it's. It, it was always planned to be episodic. I want to say. Yeah. Which I'm, also I'm 100% content. fine with games being episodic. Wasn't it meant to be on the PS3, too, if I remember correctly? <laughs> I think a lot of things were meant to be on the PS3. <laughs> but, I'll try to, after you finish the cathedral, and then we're moving on, you get the Soul Reaver. What did you guys think of like the whole Dollmaker house when you go in that? When you The game kind of you, know, you have where you go to the king, and you're trying to get him to, to work for you, and you got the dead body of his daughter just laying there. He's just, he's just crying. He's like, go find her soul. I think her soul was in the doll, if I remember correctly. Just weird. Like, it's just a very... De- I mean, everything about this game is depressing. I mean, I didn't hear half of it until after I beat it and looked up videos, but... That was, um, that was the same level with the evil teddy bears, right? <laughs> At some point, evil teddy bears show up and are, like, chasing you down and trying to kill you. <laughs> I do not remember this. The you don't remember the teddy bears? Was- it was... I think it was... I think they were made by the doll maker. Uh, and they were, they were, like... They look like Five Nights from Freddy's Teddy Bears. I was just, they were like two feet tall and they would chase you along the floor. God, maybe. I Again, I, I played the game, zoomed out. I sat about 10 feet away from the TV, so I didn't. I mean, I just saw things slash the sword. <laughs> yeah, they probably look like specs to you because they were so tiny. <laughs> I mean, I didn't mind the graphics of this game. Like, to me, I, I liked the graphics. I liked the way it looked. Even It didn't bother me. Even coming, you know, even looking at it from a game that came in 96, I would have liked it. Even in 2019, I still, I didn't mind the graphics. Thought they were just fine for what it was. It, none of it bothered me. Like at least that didn't bother me in this game. They were fine for '96. I would love to see what a remastered version of this game would look like, because I imagine it would. Like, there's two ways you could go about it. You could either stick with kind of like the wacky '90s design and not really put any more detail on the characters, and still have you know, still have Kane have this like super stupid white face with giant like clear metal armor almost <laughs> or you could go like super intricate and detailed and i would like to see what both of those look like because i think both have their merits yeah it, as i was playing at this time i felt that the graphics actually really hold up well as opposed to a lot of playstation one games <laughs> since they did go the pre-rendered route um and then like certain things they do with the lighting there's just a very distinct look to it and it, it made me maybe really want to like pick up another copy of loaded for PS1 because it, it gives it gives me the same vibe like it's very dirty and grimy and over the top but there's something about the lighting and the just the top down uh camera angle and it it just really works for me and I like the HUD um you know it, it's really hard for me to go back and play like Silent Hill or Metal Gear mm. Solid because you know those <laughs> polygons just don't hold up but this pre-rendered stuff I think still looks pretty darn good and really what I what I if I wasn't so jazzed about playing it on original hardware, next, what I'm going to do is um, hook up my PS2 with component cables because you get a really nice picture on an HDTV with component cables on a PS2 and uh, just play some PS1 games. I'm, I'm just <laughs> really into like playing some PS1 stuff right now. You know, I think it holds up because this game looks like a play. It looks like a theater play. Mm-hmm. Like All the cutscenes look like they could be on a stage and they have that like they have that that workhouse lighting above them. <laughs> and like, I mean, there's a part where, like, a bunch of people are sitting at a table, and it just has, like, a single light source from above. It's, like, just their faces are lit, and it just it looks really good. Yeah. It holds up. And they're, like, mixed with that with, like, Shakespearean dialogue, it feels like you're playing a theater piece. 
Definitely. Yeah, they, you know, the guys at Silicon Knights had something. And again, I'm, I'm kind of an apologist for them. I, I've liked all of their games except for maybe... Um, no, yeah, I've liked all of their games that I played. I didn't play that terrible X-Men game, but I own it. Uh, but I haven't played it. <laughs> I own two copies of it, so don't feel I bad. I do too! <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> oh, well, I'll explain that right. I do. Like, I, I collected a bunch of games on 360. And then when I moved, I packed up my 360. I have everything in bins, and then I started. I had I started buying some of the rebuying some of the games on PS3 as long as they were cheap. They had to be like under ten dollars, and I'm pretty sure I own two copies of that game because I want to go back and play it, and I never have yet. Oh, so so yours wasn't intentional. Okay, um, it was intentional. I, I was well aware I own it in the other. Oh, bin. I just didn't okay. want to go dig it out. Gotcha. Yeah, I own I own two copies of that. I own two copies of Two Human because when they finally finalized that court thing and, and they said that you had to like like basically you couldn't sell or you, like you had, they had to remove all new copies of, of two human from store shelves i was like i guess i need a new sealed copy of two humans so i jumped on that while i still could <laughs> i can't say too much against uh silicon knights because i haven't played any of their games really except for twin snakes because they did metal gear solid twin snakes with yeah. uh Konami. they did some good games i'm just eternal eternal, eternal darkness, darkness is fantastic they, they didn't do eternal darkness though oh they did uh sandy's requiem Yep. Right. But they didn't yeah, do the first the, one. The really good GameCube game. Amazing game. Yeah. Was that was it um uh, just had a stroke. Weren't there two Eternal Darknesses games? Eternal Darknesses games? I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, only one. it's just the one. It's just the one? Okay. Yeah. It'll be it'll probably be on the show someday because it's I always show. thought Sandy's Requiem was different from Eternal Darkness. It's it's the subtitle for Eternal Darkness. It's it's okay. Eternal Darkness colon Sanity's Requiem. Okay, well then I guess I have played that game. <laughs> yeah, really good game. All right, we should get back to Blood I Omen. Mean, Blood Omen oh. also has a really bizarre naming. Have we talked about the naming? <laughs> no, we haven't. Because the legacy of key games are they're so confusing. <laughs> Let me give you the naming. It, it's Blood Omen Legacy of Kane. That's then one. Legacy of Kane Soul, Re- Soul Reaver. That's two. Soul Reaver two. That's three. Blood Omen two. That's and four. And then Legacy of Cain Defiance. And that's five. Isn't Blood Omen... Uh, wait, doesn't Blood Omen 2 have a colon of... Oh, no, it's just Blood Omen 2. Yeah, I, I think, I've, I think I've for a often bit, heard it called Blood Omen 2 colon Legacy of Cain. I want to say that maybe when, when, when it was in development, like that might have been how they announced it. <laughs> I've, heard it I've heard it called Blood Omen 2 Legacy of Cain and Legacy of Cain colon Blood Omen 2. Yeah. Because it's... It, the game is called Blood Omen colon Legacy of Cain. Legacy of Cain is the subtitle, but it's also the name of the series. <laughs> it'd be like if you start a game, like it'd be like if the first Legend of Zelda was called like Link's Adventure colon The Legend of Zelda. Right. It's a bizarre way of doing it. And then they have five games, two of which are called two. <laughs> Just a weird series. Like it's a series that I've, I've never, this is the first game I ever played of the series. And well, really, yeah, I ever played <laughs> You and haven't I, played Nosgoth? <laughs> no one has. <laughs> it didn't get very far. <laughs> we should listen um, to Nosgoth. The uh, that's like an is that a multiplayer game? It's not MMO, right? It's a no, it's a multiplayer, multiplayer game. game that they had a beta January 2015 and they shut it down in May of 2016. Yeah, poor Nosgoth now. And that was the last thing that's ever been done with the Legacy of Kane franchise. Like this franchise is kind of, and even then, Defiant came out in 2003 so really that was the end of the series and i when i was asking around so many people weren't even didn't even know what the hell legacy kane even was well i will say there's a weird history with that because i i noticed something weird about it and i was looking into it 
So Nazgoth, the sixth legacy of Kane multiplayer game, was made by Psyonix. Psyonix is the maker of like Rocket League and Arc Squadron. But they were just bought by Epic Games. Silicon Knights, who did the first legend uh, who did the first Blood Omen, got into this big legal dispute with Epic Games. So there's like this weird like connection with all these fucking games now. Where Yeah, and then and then you have and then you know uh, Square Enix bought Crystal Dynamics, who yeah. made the other games. So they technically own Kane and they were there was Legacy of Kane Dead Sun that was in development and I got very upset when I found out that this was a thing that was being made and then Square Enix like axed it because the footage I saw looked really fucking cool. And I was like, other than the fact that the story was supposed to take place like like a thousand years after the last Legacy of Kane game. And I, I don't think the Soul Reaver was even part of it. And I was like, well, no, that's that's a mistake. But I still I still wanted more in Nosgoth. And it looked it looked like it looked like Vampire Hitman. Oh, to be perfectly honest, and I am I am here for that. I'm, yeah, I'm on board with that. That sounds awesome. It's <laughs> that would be cool. I think the newest Hitman DLC is called The Undying as well. <laughs> oh, newest, one thing uh, we we uh, hadn't mentioned yet, but Amy Hen- Hennig, or however you pronounce her name, she wrote or she was involved with Soul Reaver One and on. She wasn't involved with this game, but she was involved with the rest of the series until she left to go join uh, Naughty Dog. Yeah, that, that's where I first learned her name was because um, I remembered seeing an interview with her, I think, with Soul Reaver, because I, w- I was obviously following the game very closely because, you know, there was a lawsuit and I was like, oh, no, there's never going to be a sequel to Legacy of Kane. And then, you know, it, like there was finally that demo that came out with a Kuji. And I was I got I played that demo because I, I worked in retail. So it's like I didn't buy a Kuji, but I could pop in the demo disc. And I was I was like, oh, this game is going to be really good. And I was I was very invested in it. And was not disappointed but yeah i she she came on the map for me um in like some magazine interview i was i was very big into the video game magazines well, you know <laughs> epic, epic games has their own store now maybe maybe they'll make uh too. <laughs> maybe they're interested in buying the license or um i think i think the license is available to third-party developers through square enix i think they make it available so. if, if if square wants to play ball like i mean i was surprised that they let io interactive take hitman with them so maybe mm-hmm. Maybe they'll part with Legacy of Kane if they don't plan on doing anything with it. Because yeah, I would, I would. This is like at the top of the list of games franchises that I want to see resurrected. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they Crystal Dynamics still does well. Uh, still, they made all the Tomb Raiders up to Rise of the Tomb Raider. Yes, and those are owned by Square Enix. There's clearly a partnership there. Yeah. What I'm saying is, Square Enix make a remaster of Legacy of Kane or do a new game. <laughs> I want to see a modern version of this game because I want. I'm so curious to know what that would look like. Oh, we, one thing we should, as we're kind of getting near the end of this, um, what do you guys think of the endings? I know, Stuart, did you watch any afterwards? I got uh, them. Yes, I did watch them. I did not get to them, unfortunately. Oh, but, how far did you get? We should say that. Oh, God. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like two hours in, uh, I think I, th- I think I finished the Dollmaker thing. How, how far was the Dollmaker? Dollmaker's right by the end. Oh, geez, really? Well, then further than two hours in. I, all I know is I was playing it and I stopped. I couldn't play it anymore and I got very upset. <laughs> um, it's, I was like, I don't know. I was burning through I, maybe two hours. I guess I did go through longer. Yeah, Dollmaker, I don't know why I said I was two hours in because I did play the game for five hours on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dollmaker is right by the end. You were in part eight of part of nine parts of the game. I think I was right before the Dollmaker. 
So I think okay. I was I think I was just about to get the Dollmaker stuff. Yeah, you saw almost the entire game, then you just missed that we did which I guess we should really talk about real quick. Is after you go, you Dollmaker, you get the soul, you go and then you end up going to like this we you go to talk to William the I think William the Justin, you have like a little like a little battle where you have which I always thought they were the guys in the red armor, I thought they were demons until I realized they were human enemies, you could suck their blood. <laughs> they're all fighting each other. And then, and then the soldiers are kind of fighting, are fighting with you, and then everyone just gets freaking owned. And I think that's when the game starts start, starts doing the time paradox. Mm-hmm. Starts really going in, like super kind <laughs> everything of, gets real confusing. Like I think after you do that, you you fight you fight the nemesis. You find out the oracle is actually, God, whatever the hell his name is, uh, Morbius was it? Morbius, yeah, uh, Morbius. And then that's when like you go strength. into an alternate an alternate time. Where Vor- oh God, I got Vorador is on a guillotine. These, names, these names are so hard to remember. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I do apologize to everyone listening because these names are so. There's like Seraph, the Seraphan, and Vorador, and Noob Raptor, and Elzevir, Mortanius. Elzevir. It's a weird game. I mean, that battle scene was cool. Like, I did enjoy that. I just put on through a flex spell and just ran all the way through it, and didn't I didn't care anymore. Because, like, with any game, when I start getting near the end, I get to the point where I'm just like, done, time to be done, time to be done. But that's just that's just me. <laughs> but I did enjoy those final few fights. I enjoyed the boss. I enjoyed the where the game was going, the ending. It, 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 I did enjoy that. And one thing, like, when you get near the end, you start getting the time paradox. You get the, you fight you fight Kane from, I think, the future, was it? Or somewhere you fight. Somewhere he gets teleported into. <laughs> Weird. This, yeah, it's a very confusing. I mean, any story with time travel has the potential to become very confusing very quickly. Yeah, and uh, this is not one of those stories that handles it simply. It's <laughs> they they go all out on the time travel. They don't they don't explain it that well either. I feel. I mean, he had some item that let him do to- that let him travel through time. But this whole series, I think, deals with time. Even though I don't really, I don't know anything other. I know a little bit because I was reading up on it. But this, all I know very little. <laughs> reading up on time or the story. <laughs> Both. Okay, <laughs> I have to become a uh, uh, astronomer and expert physicist so I can figure out this whole time shit. <laughs> oh, but one thing about this game is after you finish it, you 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 kill all the pillars, and then you find out that you're the last pillar. You find out that in order to save the world, you have to kill yourself. Essentially, it's very and, fable too. <laughs> and that, oh, hey, spoilers for Fable Two. Spoilers for Fable it. Two. In case anybody hasn't played Fable Two, I haven't played it. I own it. I own maybe two copies of it. It's not great. (laughs) I wouldn't worry about spoiling an okay game from 2008. I don't actually care. I just want to say that. But um, I was saying we have the two endings, and because the whole game, he's trying to be. I don't think I don't know if we mentioned this. I can't remember. We trying to become free, free from being a vampire. And in the end, he finds out that the only way to be free is to die. So you, I picked the good ending, or not the good ending, but I picked the ending where he sacrifices himself, he saves the world, but that's not the true ending. That's not the canon ending of the game. Yes. The good ending is not the canon ending. The canon ending is you destroy the world, collapse the pillars, and like complete, like you turn the world to complete shit. It basically turns into like a radioactive wasteland, and Kane with, with- becomes <laughs> super Kane. With just a wonderful cutscene where he's saying that um, Vordor was right, we are gods, dark gods, and he's just on the throne, on the pillars, with like a chalice of blood, and he toasts you. It's, it's very it's just so good. It's very Conan the Barbarian, or Conan the uh, the Conqueror, where he oh. like it ends with him just sitting on the pile, like the throne of skulls. It has that very same feel to it, where it's I didn't like watch that. You know, God, you've got to watch Conan. We should play the Conan game and then watch the movies because they're they're something. 
the Conan game for 360 PS3? Uh, yeah, the one with all the nipples in it. Yes, I do. I always wanted to play that. I've never gotten around to it, but I, I do own it. Too. It's, it's solid. Also, it's not bad. Yeah, it's, not, it's always a pretty fun game. Pretty, oh. It was like kind of under the radar, and it was kind of just okay, but it's still pretty fun. Oh, Julian, you might know this one. Do you know anything about how the prestige works at the end of the game and it gives you a ranking? Because I got the ranking of princess. I'm curious what, <laughs> what affects it, that. I believe it has to do with how many secrets you've, you've found. Okay. okay. Um, and I think it goes up like maybe every 20 to 30. Because um, I only ranked up once. Like I went from gimp to whelp. <laughs> I think how I got princess unless it <laughs> I was thinking maybe it knew I was cheating because I was that's, that's the... pro- knowing games of the time you probably got yeah. princess because you used the cheat codes that was a very big thing yeah. for a while I wish that would kind of come back like um Metal Gear Solid 5 Phantom Pain does something really funny where if you die I think three times in a row on a mission like within a certain time limit then it'll give you the option to make everything way easier but you have to wear a chicken hat <laughs> the entire time <laughs> for the titles it goes well gimp Princess, Bride, Prince, Blood Hunter, Count, Baron, Overlord, Saint, and Devourer of Worlds. Oh, well then, Mike, you, you actually found a lot. You found more secrets than I did. Like, kudos. Well, I had a guide. So let's not... <laughs> the guy told me, hey, go here. And I got to a point. I would do some, but there were points where I was just like, eh, I don't, I don't give a shit. That <laughs> just make the last one Devourer of Guides. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't have... just, I love the idea of finishing this game and then without any context, just like, uh, ranking S pops up on the screen or something. A plus. <laughs> that wouldn't work for this game. I, just, I want every game to kind of end that way, regardless of how serious the ending is. One thing I thought was funny, like I've had most games ending spoiled for me. I had this sort of spoiled, but somebody I listened to it in another podcast, but it made absolutely no sense to me. So you couldn't spoil it because I'm like, what? Kane does what? He sacrifices himself or he kill, takes her what? Like it just made no sense. And that's this funny thing about this game. Like if you don't play this or you don't it does nothing makes sense once time travel is involved nothing makes sense <laughs> yeah that, that's a very it's accurate very hard to statement. do it's very hard to do a time travel story and have things make sense within it you know it brings me a good question um julie you might be able to answer this one because you wheel of time didn't have any time travel did it if i remember correctly i don't think so there may okay. have been visions i mean there's definitely that prequel book new spring um, and there might have been visions, but I don't think that's what it was. So they're like in the last couple books from Brandon Sanderson, you get flashes of the far flung future after everything goes down. Um, so there is some future stuff that it's not clear if that's actually what's going to happen or if it's just a possibility. Um, but it's a very dark future. Like <laughs> that was a, it was bleak. <laughs> I just thought it was just so funny, and also I don't meet many people that have read those books, so I was very excited when we were, as we were recording this to find out that you were also a, a fan of that series. Yeah. They're getting a, uh, they're getting a TV show, aren't they? Sure they they're, are. They're supposed to be. That, ooh. Um, <laughs> they're, probably, they're probably waiting. They're probably like, we gotta wait for Game of Thrones to end. Well, <laughs> and then well, it will anybody, be the TV show based on the book. It'd be hard, because those are some thick books, too. Yeah. And this is a, this is a controversial thing to say, but the best thing to happen to Wheel of Time was Robert Jordan dying, um, <laughs> because he had gotten so into the weeds with introducing new political factions and characters at a point uh, yeah. that it just became bloated and it was like being crushed under its own weight. And Brandon Sanderson came in and started like actually, you know, 
tie up some plot threads. And it's like, okay, finally things are moving along. Like literally there is a, like one of my favorite characters um, gets crushed by a building at the end of one book. And the entire next book never even mentions him. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I mean, and I am, I am waiting. Like, I'm like, what happened to him? Is he okay? And then the book after that is all about him. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. But you could have at least given me a hint. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you talking about? I, I, I can't remember this. Uh, minor spoilers for Wheel of Time, but uh, Matt, there, there's a oh, battle. Oh, you're talking. Okay, yeah. isn't that like book eight or nine? I think you're. Yeah, it's 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 pretty late. It's like one of the last uh, Robert Jordan ones. It's okay. got some like uh, J.R. Tolkien syndrome going on. Where there's just at some point there's just too much to care yeah. about. I mean, I I don't see a TV show really working for for that just because it's so. I mean, plus it only takes place. The book series only takes place over the course of a couple of years. I feel like it wasn't very long. Honestly, my uh, the, my favorite series that has ever handled like time travel really well in my mind is still Red versus Blue, because <laughs> they filmed it. <laughs> they filmed it in Halo Two, and occasionally they would screw up and have they had to use the characters as the cameras. Essentially, the the characters in the game were their film crew, and sometimes they would screw up, and they, you could see somebody walking in the background, like trying to set up a different shot. And they just explained that with time travel where they were like, oh, yeah, that was that character going to the past and just nice. walking in the background. And it becomes a joke and it's hilarious now. It's, it's the perfect way to handle time travel. I didn't even know this. I didn't even know Blood Omen had time travel because until people kept as I was I'm part of a Blood Omen group I joined to help spread the word about our about our show. And people I, as I was show, I would send images to people as I was playing the game in, in the post and they were like, oh, wait till you get to the time paradoxes. I'm like. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's not something you would expect in a vampire game. It's not something you expect at all. No, like, like, I, it wasn't. It wasn't until about an hour before we recorded this that I found out that there's a 30, 30 year gap in between when he gets killed and when that first cutscene happens. Yeah, it's like welcome back, Stefan. <laughs> yeah, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, I had to, <laughs> I had to leave right in the middle of this and go pick up. My roommate. Are you, are you out of breath? Did you run back to? Your <laughs> I, did. I ran back. I'm like, I'm gonna miss so much. Yeah. Here, apologize, apologize to everyone right now. No, we were, we were talking about real time. Right. We got he left in the middle of the podcast, but he's back. Let's <laughs> try it. All right. Um, did you have any? We did talk about Stefan. Do you have anything you want to say about the ending before we wrap up the listener question? Do you need five minutes first? Get some water. <laughs> <laughs> uh no <laughs> i can talk about red versus blue for another 20 to 30 hours if I, I got i got very few uh listener questions but i do want to do want to bring a couple because i was i was just surprised anyone people were not answering me <laughs> people don't know this game very well uh, that surprises one... me just because like the legacy of kane people are pretty rabid to the point that like usually if you just mention legacy of kane on twitter like there are like legacy of Kane bots that will just like <laughs> immediately follow you and retweet that like said tweet because they this, people want this series to come back in a very bad way. This Not happened really. with, with Stalker and Lost Planet where I told Mike ahead of time I was like, look, the people are out there. Stalker, <laughs> yes. you're right. This Stalker I mean, we'll has see. a huge, huge following still. Yes, it does. <laughs> okay, first question I have. From Andrew Harbor. Not really a question, but I want to read it. He he just wrote in all capital letters, Vevictus. <laughs> Man after my own heart. Thank <laughs> Um uh, Next question from Chris. Like I don't. Chris L. I can't pronounce that last name. He said, "Chances of a remake." Yeah, I don't think there's any. I mean, I talked about how much I would love to see one. I, 
I doubt it because there's so much legal drama now regarding the Legacy of Kane games. Well, no, that there's no there's no more legal drama. Like Square Enix owns it yeah. like completely, but Square Enix has been like they have like here's the here's the problem is that if they did anything with Legacy of Kain, Square Enix is going to expect it to sell like 10 million copies, right. even though the last game sold like 2 million copies. They have like these incredibly oh. inflated well, expectations. <laughs> well, no, no, but I'm talking about Legacy <laughs> of Kain Defiance. Like, yeah. um, like, you know, like a famous example is the original, like Tomb Raider 2013. They were expecting that game to sell like 10 million copies. But if you go back and look at sales, uh, figures for the whole series like the best game in the series had sold like the best selling game in the series was tomb raider 2 and it sold eight right. and it's like you're uh, guys like the last game in the last game before this only sold like 1.9 million copies like that's where you should be shooting for it's, like just what's what are you doing yeah. it's like from an executive standpoint you have to look at this do the does this game both have an audience that will return to view it and have people that are curious enough the game about the game that they would go back and play a new version of it yeah. I don't know if Legacy Kane has that. I don't think it does. I don't think personally. it does either. I would, I would like love... to see them try it, but I don't think their market is there for it right now. I, think I would it definitely love has... a remaster of, of the PS2 stuff um, and just, just to gauge interest. Like, I think I think the audience is there, but, you know, and then a lot, of, a lot of companies have been using that now. Like, they'll bring back a remaster or something to say, like, Hey, are y'all into this at all? Like, let, yeah. let us know how, you know, buy this and let us know if you're still into this, if you still even remember it. Mm-hmm. That would be well, cool. I would love to see a remaster of, I never played Show Reaver 1 or 2, but I would, I mean, that, and I would like to see a remaster, definitely, and Defiance. Like, I'm yeah. fine with the industry as a whole taking a break from new games for a while and just saying, hey, we're just going to remaster shit. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind that either. People constantly talk about how much they want a remaster of the Mass Effect series, even though those games aren't that old. <laughs> oh, they, look, they still look beautiful. They still look fine. Yeah. I mean, even the first one, like, its age is showing, but it still looks fine. But, like, people really want remasters for games. That I think the market is out there. I don't know how well they would sell. I don't know if they'd sell, like, in the loads that companies want them to or need them to. But uh, yeah. I, I, I would like to see more games remastered, and I would like to see Legacy of Kane thrown on that list. I feel Same. like I feel like it would have a lot of stiff competition too with uh, Vampire: The Masquerade Two coming out. <laughs> oh God, yeah. So I feel like it'd be the right time to do it. If any time, Patterson is people... Batman. Vampires are coming back, <laughs> Stefan. Vampires are going to be big again. Like Wesley Snipes is out of jail. He can make a new blade whenever he wants. <laughs> God, he was in he jail. He paid his taxes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, another question I, I want to read. Uh, this is all from the Legacy of Kane group. They actually gave me a bunch of questions. I'm going to read a couple of them. One from Sebastian North. Did you find the Lost City? I knew where it was. Yes. I did not, and I, I don't recall if I ever found it. Like I saw that listed in a guide, and I was like, what? It's, and I would have to go back and see it to see if I ever actually found it, like, back in the day. It's in a place where you have to run across a big open pool of water as the mist form, cross into another screen, then you get to, like, a stone hedge-looking area, and th- and then you have to have a full moon to get inside of it and it has a bunch of items. I didn't mm-hmm. go there, but I know where it is. I couldn't <laughs> wait for full moon. I just left. <laughs> yeah. Oh, same here. This I, think just, we, I mean, I think I read that this game has 100 secrets in it. Yep. Which, yeah, I mean, in '96 was a shitload. It's, even today, it's still a shitload. Oh yeah, it's, it's a ton. I mean, that's actually one of our questions was from Helen O'Connor. How many of the hundred secrets did you find? Uh, I read the future. <laughs> I'm a Legacy <laughs> of Kane character. 
<laughs> um, I got the title princess, so that says something. I don't know what it means, but it means something. I am the last pillar, the only survival of the Circle of Nine. <laughs> uh, and then uh, last question I want to read, because I know I didn't do this, and I know Stefan didn't do it, but Julian, you can answer this one. From Eric, we're going to say Eric S. Did you gain the power of summoning lightning with your bare hand? Yes, yeah, the energy bolt. <laughs> I think he's or- not... There's a lightning spells that I was thinking of. Oh, it's wait. Okay, I might have gotten that. I okay. It's near the end. <laughs> I have a vague recollection of that spell in my brain, so I must have gotten it at some <laughs> point in the past. <laughs> if oh. I remember correctly, it's like lightning shoots down from the top of the screen, right? Yes. Yeah, I do remember yeah. that. Yeah. So I have done it in the past, but I did not do it on this playthrough because I well. I mean, we'll get to it. I don't want to spoil. I don't want to get there. But I, even though I didn't finish this game in time for the podcast, I intend to finish it after the podcast because I'm really <laughs> enjoying my time with it. Lightning was a spell acquired and used by Kane in Blood Omen Legacy. It was found <laughs> behind a moon gate by Kane right after visiting the Dark Eden and is one of the last spells in the game. So, no, I did not get to it. That's why I didn't get it because yeah. I couldn't wait for the full moon door. I just said, fuck it, let's go. With this yeah. spell, I can call upon the heathens to tear my enemies apart with its explosive power. It's lightning, it's not explosive. <laughs> get it right, Kane. Oh, how their bodies will rupture as the scything energy rips through them. Okay, it sounds a lot better when he reads it than you do. But you know. oh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna be working on the remake. Actually, <laughs> my voiceover. <laughs> I think we should wrap it up and do shelfer box. Okay. What do you guys think? <laughs> All right, um, Julian, since you're the special guest, you want to go first? Sure. So um, have to take an hour and write it out like it would be a Shakespeare play. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like all of my games are on the shelf, but. You know, I understand the the concept of this segment. Uh, this is definitely a shelf <laughs> game for me. I mean, it, it's a game that I've purchased, like, I think four times total, maybe five now counting the PSN version that I didn't actually end up using. But, um, you know, I, I probably played through it like five or six times back when it was new um, in a time right before I started working in video games retail, where then I started, like, basically... Uh, trading in my game as soon as I beat it to get the next new game. So there was a time, like, right after Legacy of Cain, where I usually only had, like, one or two games in my possession at one time. Um, But before that, this was where I was just like, oh, no, this is the one game that I have, so I'm going to, you know, just keep playing it over and over. Um, But, you know, playing it now in 2019, I was still, in like, enthralled by the story and the characters and... Even though, like, some of the gameplay stuff does not age well, especially the technical limitations, um, I'm still really enjoying it, and I fully intend to finish it. And also to anybody who, especially you guys, but anybody else who's listening, if you finish this game, even if you're not planning on playing Soul Reaver, at least go and look at the intro to Soul Reaver, because (laughs) it is amazing, and it also is really cool to see what becomes of Kane uh, after Blood Omen. Which I can't wait to find out, because it's not on our list yet, but it, it's going to be on there at some point now. After it should this. be. Yeah, it should be we definitely point. are going to put it on there. Um, Stefan, you want to go next on, on what you think? All right. Uh, uh, yeah, I think this is going <laughs> to this is definitely going to go on my shelf. Sorry, I'm just trying to get this. All right. Well, when I was OK, <laughs> I can edit all this out. Don't worry. Uh, when when I was gone for half this podcast today. I, I was at the, the light. I was at the light, and I was trying to hurry back. And I made this stupid pun in my head. Now this is podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was too funny. That was funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
I just had that stuck in my head right now, so I couldn't formulate thoughts. Anyway. <laughs> um, we're going to do all yeah. of our podcasts like that from now on, where we're all going to call each other in the car. <laughs> we're going to just be racing to get somewhere. <laughs> this is podcasting. you got to say it in a yeah. higher voice, you know? Halfway through every podcast, we'll just I get I get pretty bad road rage. So I'll just be like, "Yeah, well, I thought the game was really in, motherfucker. <laughs> get in your lane." <laughs> anyway, back to Soul Reaver. Yeah, so this this game is definitely going on my shelf. Um, at first, I actually didn't know if I was going to like it. I want to say the first two dungeons, I was still on the fence about it because it just I it just didn't click with me with what I had to do. Because there's so many buttons dedicated to so many things that aren't attack and magic that I was like, what are all these for? There's map, there's zoom in, there's zoom out, there's special transformations, there's all sorts of shit. And I just, I, it, like, I didn't process what this game was asking me to do. So, but later on when I got into it, um, I actually enjoyed it a lot. Um, I felt that for the time, it does it does actually do a pretty solid job of what it's trying to accomplish. <laughs> there are a few technical difficulties, obviously, uh, that we've talked about. But um, overall, I enjoyed it. And I actually now want to play through the whole series. Like, that Soul Reaver is definitely going on the list this next round of games. So, yeah, it's going on my shelf. <laughs> Excellent. All right, uh, Stuart? Oh, boy. Um, there's a lot going on in this game. There's... <laughs> Like, I don't know. I think I think it's gonna go on my shelf, but I think it's gonna be like leaning off the shelf because <laughs> there's there's so much going. Like looking back at this game, there's so much to consider. It came out in '96, and for '96, it is incredibly impressive. Yeah, and it's got so much going on. The whole like gothic dark vibe with just like the vampirism being. The like the least interesting thing in this crazy world, where people are like plane jumping and changing time as we know it, like that. It's all really interesting to me. There's just a lot in this game that I could see being better, and I haven't played Soul Reaver or any of the other games, so I don't know if they, I don't know if they made those things better. But like, they don't play anything like this. Oh, they don't. Well, just no. like getting information, like getting the information in this game. It was really fun. The dialogue was really cool. I like that really Shakespearean take. It's kind of one of the reasons I like playing Dragon Age, especially Origins. Like whenever you're talking to nobles, they all kind of talk very Shakespearean. I, I like that kind of like theater aspect of it. That it, part definitely carries through the entire series. Okay, good. Like the one problem with that is that it hits you pretty early on with so much information in that style where a lot of stuff is lost. And like you said, you can go in your inventory and like relearn it, but there's, there should just be an easier way to get that. Maybe just have it on screen. Maybe like while saying it, have it on screen and do like the legend of Zelda highlight where mm -hmm. some words are red and it's like, okay, now I know what this does really easily. So I, I like it. It's going to go on my shelf. It's going to be leaning off. I I really enjoyed what this game was. I haven't played the other ones, but I assume if they if they make this game but better, then I'll I'll enjoy them for sure. Because it's just like there's a couple things that could just be they could just be pushed a little bit further towards more playability rather than oh, yeah. style. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. You want style, but you want playability. And this game kind of pushes over the line into stylized. Kind of gets away from some playability. <laughs> 
like the cutscenes <laughs> are really wacky and fun and weird, and they're all like the FMV stuff is really, it's 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 bizarre. This game is bizarre. <laughs> okay, it's bizarre. Oh, cool. I like that it's weird. <laughs> I'll go there. Um, I mean, I like the transformation, which we didn't really talk about, but you can transform into a wolf, a oh, bat yeah. to teleport. A mist, and then you have disguise where you look like a peasant and can walk around. I like <laughs> things like that. Like I like the gameplay. If it had RPG elements, if it had a better system to buying items, even though I didn't realize you could buy Heart of Darkness till after we were recording the show, <laughs> I would have enjoyed it more. But really, just just the way that I felt my character felt so weak to me, and the fact that the hitting was you know annoying, and the kept the fact that you're going very Victus. That's one reason why my sound was always down because I want to hear things. I don't want to hear him just yelling Victus all the time or help. But, times, uh... but the other one, I, I love even more when he just starts cackling. Uh, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I heard that very often. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> well, I play a lot of games and podcasts on this one. I didn't, but I do play a lot of games, listening to other people's podcasts. <laughs> so I don't listen to half the shit I, I play, but just listening this to our game own is... podcast on repeat. Oh, I was <laughs> Um, but I just, I mean, there were things I liked, I would have liked about this game, but it just, and also it was something that like, it stressed me out to want to play until I found out about the cheat codes. I just like, I didn't even want to play it. I had no urge to really dive into it until I found out I could, I could heal myself at any time. Then it, it just, I also don't like this style of game because I don't like games that from this era, I guess. Like I play, I, I, I love gaming forever, but I always had a hard time with the older games that weren't RPGs. I knew but you weren't going to like this because no. it reminded me of Fallout 1. And I was like, this game looks like Fallout 1 to me. Mike's not going to be happy. It does. It <laughs> really <Good> does. <laughs> Maybe that's why I don't like Well, this game's going in the box. Because I never want to. I never. I definitely want to play more in this series, but I never want to play this game ever again in my life. I can help it. <laughs> not that I didn't enjoy it, but I never want to go through this again. So, in the that's box. Pretty, it's pretty good. It's two and a half shelvings. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that just about wraps it up with everything for that. Um, uh, all of a sudden, I'm trying to think. I guess I'll introduce what game we're playing next week. I guess it is my pick. I was thinking about it. We're playing Aladdin for the Genesis. Yay. I'm, I'm actually excited for it. I already beat the Super Nintendo version. So I'm just playing both just because. But I'm really excited for that. I have never played that game. so It's, it's, a, it's a little <laughs> platformer, but, you know, it should be fun. I'm looking forward to it a lot. <laughs> Yes, you're gonna say or not? Go ahead. Nope. <laughs> okay. Um, I think we should start wrapping up with plugs. And before we go into that, uh, Julian, since you are our special guest, would you like to go first and tell where people can find you? Sure. Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at Julian underscore Titus. But uh, really, the big thing is that I host the Nerds Without Pants podcast. And if I can take a little minute, um, okay. we're almost we're about to celebrate seven years. Um, we have over 150 regular episodes and probably another 20 or 30 special episodes on top of that. And we've we've just finished restructuring the show uh, in the last uh, few months. Uh, we have three segments, two of which are uh, interactive with the listeners. So we open with stage select, which is a. Um, topic that one of the hosts chooses, and we get um, listener feedback on that. Um, the second segment is Consumption Junction, where we just talk about whatever media we've consumed since the last time we talked. And then we close with my new favorite segment, which is still pretty new, called Video Game Cage Match, 
where <laughs> listeners book, they, they submit different matchups that they book, and it can be as crazy as you want it to be. Um, it doesn't have to be games that are even remotely similar. Um, but then we judge which game would win in the steel cage on the most arbitrary criteria possible, and the listeners are also double as our referees and determine the final outcome. And then last but not least, we also have the Great Game Giveaway uh, where every month we give away your, a choice of one of two games and there's certain things that you have to do in order to enter. You can definitely listen to the show. We just started a new contest. Episode 152 should be coming out right around the time that this episode drops. So listen to that one. And the current contest is for a choice of either Warhammer Chaos Bringer, which is a really cool looking Diablo style game. Or uh, Crash Team Racing, I think it's Nitro Refueled or something like that. The, yeah. the remake of, of Crash Team Racing. Uh, so listen to the show and uh, for chances to win either of those. And uh, keep it pantsless, Internet. And I guess lastly, <laughs> you will have the blood you hunger for. <laughs> that was good. That's why I was... I was so excited when you were when you had picked out this game because I was excited to have you on the show because I I listened to it's been a while but I when I used to work work at third shift and listen to podcasts all the time you were one of the podcasts that was in my rotation oh <laughs> cool too. and I also know you from geek uh, comic conspiracy <laughs> so oh I awesome I, I I wasn't quite sure where you had found me um, <laughs> I never know and and it's funny because like since we started doing the the game great game giveaway I've had people enter and I'll be like hey, like, I've never seen you interact with us before. Like, are you, did you find us just for the contest? And they're like, oh, no, I've been listening for, like, five years. And it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> I, I know you mainly from Comic Conspiracy because they always plug you, and then you were on that show a few times. That's why I was so excited to get to work with you on this. Yeah, just yeah, definitely. Stalker. It just tracks people down. <laughs> oh, I mean, Actually, so what, what Mike hasn't told you is that this is just a long-running PI sting operation that he's got on all of us. Right, right. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, man, of us, small, all of us small are cheating podcasts. on our taxes and he's trying to take us all down <laughs> I, i'm all for small podcasts like you know propping each other up and and you know getting the word out so we will definitely be letting the listeners know about uh you guys i i meant to p plug it on the episode that is about to come out but i forgot but it'll definitely <laughs> be going into the next episode because i will have already been on the show so they can just like go listen to my show and then download this one and listen to this one as well it's been it's fun awesome. for me because it's essentially a really roundabout way to find more podcasts to listen to is by joining a podcast. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> so now I have people to listen to. And I was like, oh, what'd you have, like, how'd you find these people? I was like, oh, I, I started on a podcast. Uh, the, the secret about podcasting is that uh, people podcast for other podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like sometimes. It's really like, I don't know what movie I want to watch tomorrow. And so I'm going to star in the next Infinity War. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems right. like the easiest way <laughs> and if you like what you listen to you can find more episodes right where you found this on we're on podbean stitcher itunes wherever you get your podcast um we're also on please follow us on facebook you can find us on twitter i post on twitter once a once a week but <laughs> instagram and facebook where i'm po co constantly posting new images of whatever upcoming game we're gonna have we're gonna have that thought that week so you can kind of get an idea of what we're gonna be talking about before we talk about it so when you do listen to the episode you'll have a little bit more uh, context for what you're hearing about and sometimes we do go kind of fast i think we are <laughs> going on to youtube soon if i uh if i get enough time to put the <laughs> videos you... together <laughs> yes eventually we'll be on youtube um Stuart or stephanie any guys you want to plug anything uh not yet still i'm just gonna keep building it keep building the hype okay. <laughs> uh i'm gonna be getting some art done for the podcast and hopefully it'll be going on a shirt soon 
And hopefully Stuart won't be too busy and can help me add some color to it. <laughs> yeah. And also I am starting my own shirt store, an online store, but I am waiting until, God, I don't know. I, I, I'm starting a Teespring shop, but because it just started, I wanted to order two, like one or two shirts to see what the quality was first on them. Um, I didn't realize that they have to like approve your shop and then approve your shop separately for the printing process. And so I've been waiting like a month and a half for my first shirt to get here. <laughs> so oh, wow. as soon as that gets here, I promise I will work on more more stuff to throw in the shop and open it up. All right. Sweet. I, think, I think that wraps up everything that we want to thank everyone for listening. You guys have a wonderful night. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Welcome to our dank world. <laughs> <laughs>